In the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Last week, we stopped at uh, chapter 3, verse 9. And we saw that the people of Nineveh, they have actually offered true repentance. And it was one of the few stories in the Bible where our Lord Jesus Christ himself has witnessed and said, look at the repentance of the people of Nineveh. And they become a role model for us, New Testament and Old Testament. If I want to see how I should repent, this is how I should, what I should do. I just want to say a small word about repentance before we start. A lot of times when we think of repentance, a lot of time we're thinking of sins. And we're thinking of trying to stop certain sins. But the repentance that God is, wants us to do is he wants us to start growing in virtues. And growing and becoming able to hear his voice. And growing and having real purity of heart. And growing in our constant conversations with God. So it's not about stopping bad things. Because if repentance is simply about living ethical, then there's nothing special about Christianity. There's nothing different between us and uh, an atheist who wants to live an ethical life. Repentance for us is to learn how to have a real and strong and present relationship with God. So every day I'm growing from glory to glory. Every day I'm growing from glory to glory. But here we see Kedah after the people of Nineveh repented. Now we're going to look at the reaction of two people. We're going to look at the reaction of God. We're going to look at the reaction of Jonah. Verse 10. said, Then God saw their works, that they returned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. He did not do it. This verse explicitly relates the Ninevites' repentance with God's mercy. When they repented, they received mercy. When they repented, they received mercy. And here we see, by the way, I love the, the expression that the Bible uses, says God saw their works. God saw their fasting. God saw their prayer. If you guys remember in the book of Isaiah, what did it say? It says, Certain people, when they fast, when they pray, God turns and gives them his, their back. He says, I don't want to hear your prayer. I don't want to hear your fast. But there are certain prayers, certain fasts God listens to. I was actually reading a beautiful book about one of the saints. And God appeared to her and told her, I am zealous for your soul. I want to unite with your soul more than everybody else. Because of how much you desire me. How much you desire me. So God sees which souls truly want to be with him. And which souls, it just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So turning from evil turning from evil 
makes God wants to start opening the doors of mercy for us. The door of mercy for us. You know what's so interesting is, is that when you kind of do like a quick comparison between the people of Nineveh and Jonah, both of them were the subject of the anger of God. Both of them were the subject of anger of God. And both of them experienced the mercies of God. And that is the definition of a true servant. Somebody who experiences the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and wants to share it with other people. Wants to share it with other people. God here is running after the people of Nineveh and he's telling them today I have turned from all the anger I was going to bring against you now you start having all the walls between you and God are broken and you can finally start developing a real relationship with God develop a real relationship with God one of the things that um, touched me recently is one of the saints who was so close to Christ Christ told her I'm going to show you what I prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and one time he told her I am so saddened by how many of the chosen people do not offer thanks so I'm going to allow you to feel how I feel for a few minutes and God himself allowed the saints to experience the feelings of God himself of the betrayal and the ingratitude of his chosen people. The relationship with God is at its essence, it's a two-way relationship. But I'm not able to receive much because there are so many walls between me and God. And the repentance finally breaks the walls and finally allows us to speak with God. Now, we're going to start chapter 4. We're going to see the reaction of Jonah after God had mercy on the people of Nineveh. Now we're going to see the reaction of Jonah. We'll read from verse 1 to verse 3. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. It displeased him exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, oh Lord, was not this is what I have said when I, still, I was still in my country? Therefore, therefore I, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Imagine what's happening between the reaction in heaven at the repentance of Nineveh and the reaction that's happening in Jonah's heart. The heaven is rejoicing and Jonah is angry. 
And I want to, I think this is one of the things that it's important for us to check ourselves. Does my feelings match with the heavenly feelings? Do I get angry for the right reasons? Do I rejoice for the right reasons? When I see one of my friends, for example, succeeding, do I rejoice for him or for her? Or do I start feeling jealous? When I start seeing somebody becoming much closer to God than me, do I start kind of envying them, trying to persecute them, maybe talk bad about them? How do I react? How are my feelings compared to the heavenly feelings? One of the things I, and one of the things that recently could I notice, if you look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of them is that self-control. But there are some people who have the character to practice self-control. But what does the Bible means? I think it means that you start having the feelings of the kingdom of heaven, the initial feelings that all humanity cannot control, now they become blessed by the Holy Spirit. For example, I could see somebody who does a good deed, inside of me I'm envious, but I know it's wrong I'm envious, so I could start encouraging them. That's part of our struggle, that's a good approach, it's not a bad approach. But the gift of the Holy Spirit makes me inside initially joyful. We look here and compare the feelings of Jonah with the feelings of the kingdom of heaven. Now, why is Jonah upset? Jonah is upset for two reasons. Okay? The first reason is probably that he has never seen such a repentance in Israel. And I'll tell you something. It's not mentioned even in the New Testament, such a repentance. Not even in the preaching of St. Paul, not even in the preaching of St. Peter, raising people from the dead, uh, calming the storm, feeding 5,000 people. We have never seen a full city from its king to the animals repenting. It's not in the Bible, only in Jonah. So, Jonah's main concern is his own people. Jonah's main concern is his own people. You know, what's, what's interesting is that when Jonah prayed, what did he reference in his prayer? He told God, you're gracious, you're merciful. What did he reference? He referenced the prophecy of Joel. If you go to Joel 13, it says, uh, so render your heart and not your garments. This is when Joel, remember when we studied the book of Joel, the locusts start eating the plants and Joel is calling the people for repentance. What did he tell them? Render your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great kindness, and he runs, relents from doing harm. He used exactly the same words that Joel used to lead the Israelites to repentance. The Israelites were different, much different than the people of Nineveh at that point. Why? The, the, the locusts ate everything. They were destruction. People of Nineveh have not yet seen any destruction in their life. 
So the people of Nineveh's repentance was much stronger than the people of Israel. And why is that a problem for Jonah? Because it meant for him that God will reject Israel. You see, Jonah's jealousy, this point in Jonah's heart has its own good and its own bad. One, he's so consumed with his people. He loves them so, so much that he's willing to do all these things that he's done. And I think this is the one thing that God looked in his heart for. But also, his wrong understanding of who God is made him zealous for the wrong reason. Made him angry for the wrong reason. And sometimes, our lack of understanding of who God is can make us have the wrong reason. And you see it a lot, for example, in family problems, where people will cite, recite a certain verse just to justify their anger or justify their, their feelings. Okay? Now, see what happened with Jonah. When Jonah got angry, what did he do? He prayed. Which is a good thing that he prayed. But the prayer of Jonah was more of a complaint. There's no thanksgiving, there's no praising, there's nothing. It was a prayer full of complaining and full of self-righteousness and motivated by unpleasant knowledge of the characteristic mercy of God. God, I know you, I knew it. I told you from the beginning, this is what's gonna happen. God, you did not listen to me. You see, I want to tell you guys something at this point. Jonah changed because of the tribulation. But once the tribulation was lifted, Jonah went back to his own self. Once the, once the tribulation was lifted, Jonah went back to his own self. And this is a big problem with Jonah. And this is a big problem with us. Sometimes when people are struggling or suffering, their repentance, their prayers are much different after the suffering is over. But here we see that Jonah needs a lot more work than the people of Nineveh. Jonah needs a lot more work than the people of Nineveh. He's even justifying his previous action. I'll tell you guys what's the problem with that. Sometimes when somebody points at you that you did something wrong, and it's very obvious you did something wrong, so you feel cornered, and you might say, yes, I did something wrong. But then later on, because we as human beings do not like to feel that we are wrong or, or broken in front of somebody, so we start nitpicking and saying, oh, look, remember, you yelled at me for this, look at what this person is doing. You yelled at me for this, look at what this person is doing. And we start pointing fingers at other people in an effort to make ourselves look better. This is what Jonah is doing. 
He forgot the mercies that God has given him. And he started pointing fingers at, at the people. By the way, all of that is in one yani, side, but Jonah's love for his people is in another side. And I do not want you to lose track of that. Jonah loved the nation of Israel. And he was willing to do everything not to be the reason in his mind for their destruction. And that was one of his qualities that God loved. That Jonah cares for his people. Okay? Now the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? God is telling him, you're angry because I am merciful. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? It's almost like when any of us makes a request and we're convinced that this is the right thing. God, for example, yani, I, I want to I wanna find the right person to marry. And you find some person that you feel is holy or she's holy and you pray about them. And you feel it's perfect. It makes sense. Why would God say no? And then when it doesn't happen, you get angry. God says, is it right for you to be angry? By the way, Jonah never answered that question. You know why? Because he felt, yes, it was right for me to be angry. Yes, God, I am angry and I am right. I want you, when you look at this passage, this is not an exercise in criticizing Jonah. This is an exercise in criticizing ourselves. Because a lot of our own weaknesses that are destroying our souls are the ones that we have not discovered yet. A lot of our weaknesses that are destroying our souls are the ones that we have not discovered yet. Sometimes the obvious sins that you have in front of your own eyes are the sins that you get disgusted at and you're quickly to go to repent at. The problem with Jonah here is that he had a sin and he's not able to see it and thus he's not able to repent. And that's what's destroying his relationship with God. So let's see what happened from verse 5 to verse 6. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in a shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Jonah prayed and told God, look, I told you so. I cannot believe you did this. This is exactly what I predicted. This is really what happened. And Jonah went outside the city. Why did he go outside the city? Waiting to see what might become of the city. You see, Jonah, people would have loved to host Jonah inside Nineveh. 
He is the prophet that made them repent. He wouldn't even want to mix with them. Repented, not repent, he doesn't care. He left outside. Just, I want to show you the stubbornness of the human being. Me and you. He went outside, and then God has a problem because he has almost a rebel in his hand. Somebody's rebellious against God. Jonah started to create a shade, and it's exactly actually the same words that they use to make, the, to make branches for the Feast of Tabernacle when they go outside the camp. So he made a shade, okay? And that shade is not enough. So God could, uh, what he did, he, 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 he brought in a plant, and you can think about it, these plants, the Bible describes them, they had like a white leaves. So they cover him, and when the wind comes, what happens? The leaves are moving, so it creates kind of a nice air. So it's a breathe, it's a cool. God created almost a mini air conditioned system for him. Okay, so he sits under the tree, he's enjoying his time, and now he's watching what's gonna happen. He's watching what he's gonna happen. God, all of this, he is trying to help Jonah to mature step by step in his life. He's moving all the creation to make Jonah feel and understand how much God cares for him. How much God cares for him. Look at it from verse 7 till the end. It says, But as the morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and it so managed the plant that is withered, and it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plants? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have pity on a plant for which you have not labored, nor have made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock. When I was reading this verse, the first thought that came to my mind is that sometime when you buy a new car, for example, you buy a new car and it gets scratched, you might be more upset about your car getting scratched than somebody leaving the church. The story of Jonah is repeated in our life regularly, by the way. The things that Jonah was upset over, we have many other things that make us upset. And the real things that we should worry about is not there. One of the, the best things, Kida, when you look at this passage here, how does God describe the people of Nineveh? He said, people who do not know their left from their right. God is looking at the people of Nineveh, and he says they don't know. It reminds me of what our Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. He said, forgive them, 
for they do not know what they're doing. And this is the best excuse I could give to people when I'm dealing with them. They do not know. They don't have the knowledge I have. That's, God, that's why God allowed us to learn something called carrying the cross. Where I will accept certain things that nobody else will accept them. Nobody else will accept them. God cares for all people, not only Israel. It's very clear in the book of Jonah that God cares for all people, not only Israel. Not only Israel. If you guys could uh, look at this book, how did it end? It ended with a question. Should God not care about the people of Nineveh? What does this remind you of? If you guys look in the New Testament, the parable of the prodigal son. How did the parable end it? Same question. God talking to the elder son. By the way, the parable of the prodigal son was given to the Jews. And he was telling them, look at the Gentiles, they're far away from God and now they returned. You have been always in my house. So the whole parable was for the elder son, not for the younger son. Yes, we like the story of the repentance, but the whole parable was, the parable for, was for the older son. So God is putting the same exact question. Should I not be merciful to Nineveh? Is God not free to make this, to make this decision? Should he follow what Jonah wants? Just because Jonah is worried about certain group of people and the rest, they don't matter? God puts this open-ended question at the end to help us, all of us, be challenged in our day-to-day in our -day life. Should God not accept people who are far away from him? Should God not accept the people who are far away from him? From him? If you look at the book of Jonah, you will see, just get a one final thought, that the prophet of God, the servants of God, was much more difficult to bring to God. And this is reality. People who serve in the church sometime, they're more difficult to change than the children they were serving. Parents sometimes are more difficult to change than the kids they have at their homes. The story of Jonah teaches every single person in responsibility that the process of me changing is much difficult. Yes, the sin of Nineveh was so obvious. They were killing people, they were cutting lips, they're cutting, they're doing things that extraordinary. And Jonah is a man of God. But at the end of the day, the person that took longer, and you know, obviously he repented because the story is written in such a way that he reflected on what's happening in his life. It took much longer, and it took a, a much more effort. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.